Hello, everyone. Welcome to On This Hill, a podcast, a podcast of Church on the Hill. We're starting off really well. Yes. Actually, we're starting off with laughter because my my wife is here with me today. Trisha is here. Uh, Bruce is gone. He is actually, as of right now, he should be probably getting close to uh, landing and uh, going on vacation down in Mexico where he has a bunch of friends and connections. So we're here in sunny Salem, Oregon, (laughs) and he's in sunnier uh, Mexico, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds nice. It does sound nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, But we're laughing because um, my wife was informing me beforehand. Thankfully, she was happy that these cameras only catch us. Yes. uh, Yeah. I was asking, are these only the waist up? Yeah. (laughs) Trying not to be rude. (laughs) Yeah. Because she said that my pants don't match my my outfit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's something I hear a lot of in my family because uh, if you don't know us uh, well, this uh, we've been married 32 years, and I have two daughters, Grace and Faith. Uh, they are how old? 21 and 22. 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. And so uh, basically since the time they were able to put together an outfit, which was a long time ago, I've had three women in my house telling me how I looked and whether <laughs> yes. or not I should change. It's uh, yeah. it's been really normal that I would get like ready for the day, heading to the door, and one of three women would stop me and say, um, "Is that what you're wearing?" <laughs> well, we were we were joking about like how this reflects, you know. I yeah. I just feel that if he goes to work with unmatching things, somehow it reflects poorly upon me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he disagrees. And I said, "You don't dress me," so no. I don't think anybody is seeing me and thinking, "Why did Trisha dress him in that outfit?" But maybe other people think, "How did they let him out of the house like that?" Well, I'll <laughs> That's tell what them I'm wondering. now because you're asleep when I leave. That's, <laughs> That's so how true. because I dress in the dark so I don't wake you up. <laughs> that is very true. Good. Point. All right, moving on. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Yes. Uh, So today we've been in a few places uh, at Church on the Hill. One is we've been going through a sermon series on Revelations, Mm -hmm. and um, I brought Trisha in as an expert on Revelations. (laughs) No, (laughs) not exactly. No? (laughs) No, no. Parenting, parenting. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about parenting, but I do actually want to ask you a question about Revelations. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She's already nervous, and I'm making her more nervous to do this. But uh, no, it's not about like. Okay. I, it's just about when you think about revelations. Yeah. Like, is there anything that just comes tr- straight to your mind as someone who's like, yes, I'm the average Bible reader. I I've not spent a lot of time in revelations. Like, is there anything about it? Like, what what emotions do you feel when you think about revelations? I think that it's probably changed through the years. Yeah. I think that as a teenager or a young person it was just kind of intimidating it was like oh my mm-hmm. goodness that's about the end times i for me i was just like yeah i'd rather just not read that right now <laughs> you okay. know i didn't so really want to dwell on avoidance. it yeah for sure mm-hmm. and then i feel like more now it's it's what i see is the glory of god like mm-hmm. the fulfillment of everything you know yeah. I, I can see um the big picture from a, a different place in my life you know yeah. and kind of see the timeline and yeah and it and it can be a beautiful thing even though it's mm-hmm. still a little terrifying but yeah. it's still <laughs> like a really beautiful picture of just God and who he is and coming yeah. in his glory and mm-hmm. and it makes me look forward to that day so yep yeah i'm getting a little ahead getting ready for the next coming weeks and the part i'm at now is a little terrifying yeah yeah it is the... i mean because of the examination that's happening to the church and something mm. that's just happening there the way jesus is looking at them and and oh i mean we'll get there in a couple of weeks but i get excited about it before we get there 
just the fact that it describes his eyes as burning flames of fire. Yeah, those things, those descriptions. Yeah. Especially as a young person, a little terrifying. It, yeah, yeah. But then I, I was thinking like, okay, those are the... Those aren't different eyes. Those are the same eyes. Yeah. Those are Jesus' eyes. The eyes that he used to look on the broken, yeah. the sick, the humble, mm-hmm. and the Pharisees, the proud, they're the same eyes. Yeah. But they are burning flames of fire that see everything. Yeah. That see everything. Yeah. And uh, we're not always fond of that. No. Segwaying that into parenting. <laughs> flames of fire. Well, yeah, because I don't know, did you ever feel like... I, I felt like as a kid, my mom and dad could read me. I felt like they could. I don't yeah. know, maybe maybe you didn't. But you, we had very we different were, personalities. We you were and I very were, different kids. Yeah. Yes. I was the kid sure. who, like, if my parents said they were disappointed in me, I was like, I was pretty broken. Like, yeah. you didn't really have to lay a hand on me. I was pretty like, oh, man. I, 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 it was easy for me to feel conviction. Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand. Yeah. Describe, yeah. yeah. Describe no, what that looked like. Maybe you should. You. I mm-hmm. was just a little more um, defiant, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm a firstborn, I'm an only, I'm a rule follower, but yeah. also, I don't know, I, I'm mm-hmm. very stubborn and yes. strong willed. I guess you might say that. Really? Yeah, maybe. Wow. I don't know if you've noticed in the last 32 years. <laughs> I, You know, I do remember that coming up once or twice. Yeah. 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 I could be a little strong-willed, so uh-huh. I wasn't... Um, yeah, I wouldn't say their disappointment was quite enough for me sometimes. No. Maybe. Yeah. What about their, like... What about their discipline? Did their, did the discipline always take, or did you, like, try to tough it out? Like, you're not going to stop me, or you're not going to hurt me, or... Yeah. That mm-hmm. was that was pretty much me too, I think. Yeah. You know, it's hard to remember. I, I think that there was definitely times I probably responded better to um I think I would have responded better to um humility, you know, like coming in in mm-hmm. like a brokenness because I am very empathetic and I think mm-hmm. I can I would I I would have related to that maybe a little bit better and like yeah. um in that way, in disappointment, or mostly, yeah. you know, in disappointing God and and mm-hmm. not not following His ways, yeah. Um, rather than maybe a strong hand, because I think that that kind of made me push back more in some ways. Yeah. So we were we were talking in class the other day. I know not everyone that listens to this will have been in the parenting class that we're in, but we were talking about um, authoritarian parenting mm-hmm. versus authoritative. Authoritarian just says fall in line. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm an authoritarian, I'm saying, these are the rules, fall in line. As yeah. long as you're in this house, you'll obey these rules. Yeah. And there's time for that. There's time when a 100%. kid just will not, they don't even want to understand. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you try to bring understanding, you just have to say, well, I guess the bottom line is, this yeah. is the way you have to behave. Yeah. You because know? of safety and yeah. just a lot of things. Yeah. yeah if they the, need if, to learn to listen. If you have a kid hitting another kid, like yeah. a... For some reason, I'm not getting you to understand this right now. Yeah. But you're going to obey it like you have to. Yeah. But ultimately, the goal is to to teach, to train a child. And yes. if training hasn't taken place, if if learning hasn't taken place, then training hasn't taken place. Yeah. And trying to get to that place, I, yeah. I'm I'm laughing, thinking I don't know if you'll like me sharing this or not. But um, when we were first married, and we were really just Boy. learning one another's 
personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's coming. Oh, just all only good things. Okay. <laughs> for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember sometimes playing with, I, th- I think we're pretty egalitarian. We, we pretty well compliment each other. Yes. Try to lead together. Not that you know we don't obey. There is a head of the house and what that looks like, but um, I, I definitely try to wear that authority lightly yeah, and not sure. say, "Thus saith the head of the house, this is how it will be." No, but work together and find yeah, you know what's sure. right. But when we first got married, I like to play with you and tease and probably push too far and sometimes just tell you no for saying no's sake. <laughs> just like mess with you. <laughs> yeah. You'd say something, I'd say no. <laughs> and you had this move that you did. <laughs> she would raise a little fist to me. I say little. Like I would ever. <laughs> she, yeah. She would, I'd say no. And she'd go, oh. And, she would raise, and I'd always go, what are you going to do with that? Like, are you going to hit me? And she'd like, no. Because she's the most nonviolent person in the world. If you know Trisha, you know, a loving, kind, gentle person. Uh, but I always thought that was so funny that awesome. your response to authority, your first response to authority that you disagreed with was, no. Just a little bit rising up. <laughs> you would but... raise up that little fist. <laughs> and I'd always laugh. And I, you know, but we knew God, it was a joke. We yeah. didn't fight over it, but it was funny. Yeah. Thankfully, God d- did work on my heart. And it would quickly soften, but that might be the first response. It might be, yeah. But I feel like we're dwelling on marriage more than <laughs> parenting here, so let's move on. <laughs> we're getting there because I'm, I'm you know, how you're I'm parented is yeah, that's how true. you first parent, the same way that what you see in your parents' marriage tends to be what you bring into, here's how I'll do marriage. Yeah. Uh, or you're maybe, you think, oh, my parents had a terrible marriage, so I'm going to do the opposite of that. But either way, you're living out of response to way your parents uh, we're in relationship, and that tends to be true of um, of having children as well. And so, you know, did did God give us one of me and one of you uh, for children? You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes yeah. people will say, like, "Oh, you know, yeah, my mom has come back now, and she sees me interacting with my child, and she's like, yep, he's just <laughs> like you, and and good luck, and you deserve it.' And yeah, like, do you feel like you got? Uh, I definitely see those traits in one of my daughter's more than the other, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she's a strong girl, and yes. that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I kept, re- you know, we would keep reminding ourselves that that yeah. strength can be used for good. Yes. Um, I always say you, other, some people don't agree with me, but I always say I want a strong-willed child. Yeah. Because I, I don't want a weak-willed child. Yeah. I want a child who has a strong will. Now, it's a blessing that comes with a big assignment because if you get that child with a strong will, then you have to shape that will because they will see, yeah. can my will be stronger than yours? Yeah. That's what they're going to test all the time. Like, could I possibly beat mom and dad in this? If I try mm-hmm. hard enough and long enough and don't quit, will they give up before I do? Yeah, and I so. think that, I mean, it takes, man, that kind of parenting is exhausting, mm-hmm. but so rewarding. Yeah. Because you have to, you have to stay on it. I feel like that child so much, like they have, they have so much potential, and mm-hmm. they can go so far. And you may see leadership things, in um, attributes in them, and a lot of strong things. But mm-hmm. without teaching them, first of all, to listen to you, first yeah. of all, that obedience that comes, you know, when they're really little. Mm-hmm. Um, that is then turned into self-control right. over the years. And it's a tall order, but, man, 
just when they're little, I just, if anything, I just say, like, work on it when they're young. Work on it when they're, start when they're one, you know, work on it when they're two. Amen. And, like, if you can get the child to listen Mm -hmm. to you, like, know that they, that you love them. Yeah. That you want what's best for them, that this is the job God gave you. You know, they might be fighting it for sure, but... It is the authority that's got, that God has given you not to lord over them, but to love them well, right. to serve them, but to also, you know, bring that discipline that mm-hmm. they know they have to listen. And then you're giving them all the tools yeah. to have the self-control to use that strong will, yeah. you know, to the glory of God. Honestly. I feel like we're often seeing um, couples with young kids and obviously trying our best not to be prideful because we don't know it all no. and we haven't parented every child. Oh, no. now, we would do things differently. Yeah, you know, on, on top of parenting our two forever kids, one one adopted, one biological, we've also parented seven, seven foster children Over for var- various lengths yeah. of time, some of them short and some of them fairly long. Yeah, two and a half years was our longest. Yeah, two and a half years for, for one child. Um so we we don't know it all by any means, but oftentimes I'll, I'll look at a young couple that has a little kid who um, they're it feels like they're training them to disobey mm-hmm. by by telling them do this, do this, do this, and not requiring not them to listen. Yeah. yeah, they just eventually after two or three tries, then they maybe try to bribe, but they never require that obedience. Mm-hmm. Or they laugh off the behavior because mm-hmm. they feel, I don't know how, what they're feeling. I'm guessing that they're feeling like we can't stop this. And so, how do you, uh-huh. what do you do yeah. at this point? And, yeah. and I often think, oh, you know, it's going to be so much easier to, to bring that to them when they're young mm-hmm. than when they're old. Yeah. You know, that behavior in a small child can be laughed at because their consequences are usually pretty small. If a small child hits you, it just doesn't hurt. If an eight-year-old hits you, it starts to really sting. If a 16-year-old hits you, okay, you've lost complete control. So Mm -hmm. bring it, bring it when they're little, start when they're little. It makes all the difference in the world and it'll make your, it it feels harder in the moment because it's always harder to require obedience than, than to let things go. Yeah. But that active, purposeful parenting of requiring obedience in those moments pays so many dividends. Yeah. I mean, it makes your life, your your coming life so much easier in the future. Yeah. And for them, you're giving them the oh, tools. Yeah. And I think sometimes even the word obedience is just kind of almost frowned upon as if it's mm-hmm. uh as if it is the authoritarian. Right. That any obedience comes from the parenting authority you know mm-hmm. authoritarian parenting but it's it's a beautiful word that god gives us and i think yeah. you know we we're to obey him mm-hmm. and i don't think of obedience to god as you know for the most part as something that is just like harsh he's going to just be yeah. so harsh and hard on me mm-hmm. but i i want to parent my yeah. kids like like he like he requires obedience from me yeah. and in a loving way, but obedience, yep. you know, like, but that's where the stubbornness comes in handy sometimes. Like yeah. they're not going to win, you yes. know, yeah. this is a little child and, yeah. and I do know what's best, you know, yeah. in this case, there's a, you know, there's a, 
timeline of letting go as they get older. Mm -hmm. But when you start when they're young and you, you know, you do know what's best for them and you have to keep them safe and you want to teach them how to be a good human and somebody that you love, Mm -hmm. I mean, you like to be around as well as love, um, then it just takes like that stubbornness, honestly, to like, I'm not going to give in. I'm sorry. Yeah. This I I can win this one, and and I I often think when they're little, I'm training them in how to respond to God. Now I'm not that's God. So true. I'm not good like Him. No. I'm not wise like Him. I'm not any of those things. But a child's first understanding of authority comes from yeah, you. God set parents. it up that way. Yes, which is crazy. And the ultimate authority is God. And the yeah. way I want them to respond to the God to the God of the universe is the way I am looking for them to respond to me. Mm-hmm. And that isn't just so to fall in line. Yeah. Because I don't want them to just fall in line with God and have a legal relationship with it's him. Falling in love. I want him love. to fall in love. Yeah. I want my child to fall in love with God. And so yeah, if I only work on obey, 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 and I don't add relationship to it and add love to it and add all that, I might get a child that falls in line, mm-hmm. but those lines will be very clearly drawn and they'll know exactly where and how to get away from and where the loopholes are. Yeah. And that's the relationship they'll bring to God. Yeah, but if true. I can mingle those two things of to obey is better than sacrifice. This is We're referencing an Old Testament story mm-hmm. about a king who who said, well, God told me to do this, but it seems so much better to do this. I'm going to keep all of this that he told me to kill. I'm going to keep all these animals. And then when called on, he goes, oh, well, I kept those for sacrifice. I was going to give those to God. And the prophet tells him, hey, yeah. you've, you've, un, you've been unselected today because of your behavior, because you chose to disobey God. And listen, to obey is better than sacrifice. You're trying to pay for it. And what God wanted from you is simple obedience. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that's the relationship that that king had with God. But then the coming king, David, had a love relationship with God. Yeah. Also... Blew it many times. Yeah. I, and you, so you might say failed just as or even more spectacularly than the previous king. Mm-hmm. And yet he was so in love with God that he just always came back. He couldn't yeah. stay away. He's crawling back on his knees to God. He's, he's right there in the throne room with him. He loved him. And God said of David, that's a man after my own heart. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is, is bring kids to that place of understanding a loving father obeying him because they know, mm-hmm. even if I don't understand what he's saying, I know he loves me and he wants what's good for me. Yeah. And so that's what I 100%. we want from our kids, right? Absolutely. Do, does, does my child know mom loves me and wants what's best for me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they're real little, that's pretty tough, you know? Yeah. But they can but they know. Get it. They can know. They get it. Yeah. yeah. I sometimes, I don't know, I don't want to cross the line, but I... Yeah. I sometimes see little kids that it seems like um, it's just they the parents just feel like it's too hard to make them obey, and so mm-hmm. you know they they ask them to do things, but it really feels like the little one is in charge, like a hundred percent. Like, yeah, we talked about that in, in week charge. one of the parenting <laughs> okay. class. Someone's going to be in charge. If a parent is it, then the yeah. kid will gladly take the throne. But they and, weren't made to be in charge. Yeah, and those little kiddos, I just my heart goes out because. Um, they are loved. They're they're mm-hmm. in most circumstances they're so loved mm-hmm. that they don't that the parent just doesn't want to cross them or tell them no. But yeah. there is a like a, a chaos or a, a, a 
just out of control feeling that mm-hmm. those kids often have yep. because God set it up this way. Yep. There's a reason that we're their parents. and They're looking and for someone to bring order. They are. They yeah. are so much because your two-year-old, they do not know what's best. They don't no. know when it's best to go to bed and when it's best to you know, to wake up or what's the best thing to eat or... Start training them and making wise choices, which means you don't make every choice in their life. Yeah. But you give them As they are able to handle tiny choices. Yeah. 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 As they're able, like breakfast, what to eat is a great one. Mm -hmm. Breakfast, you know, if it's a, if in your family, you're like, we're a cereal, you know, breakfast family, have two or three boxes. Which one do you want to eat? Like, this is what we're going to have for breakfast, but which one do you want today? Yeah. And, and let them... Let them make those choices. You know, like, yeah. hey, it's cold outside. It's winter. Uh, we've got two jackets here. Which one do you want to wear? Yes, but teach them. Yeah, you wear a jacket in the yeah. winter. It's the not choi- like yeah. The choice won't be. I'm not going to wear a jacket. Yeah. No, you're going to wear a jacket. You're yeah. going to wear which one? Do, which one would you like to wear? Yeah, you begin to even in those things, um, you begin to just teach them yeah. those wise choices and and yeah, we want to grow up um, strong kids that uh-huh. that are able to have backbones and mm-hmm. and to stand for truth. Yeah. Um, but the way to do that is by teaching them to listen and obey yeah. and, and giving them the tools to do that. Yep. It's, yeah, it's One so of the important. things I feel like I learned from fostering, because mm. um, I, I feel like in raising our own kids, and, and our kids were still at home when we were fostering, they, they mm-hmm. were, how old would they have been when I we first started? I think that they were like 14 and 15. Okay. When we first started. So they were they were they were well on their way, you know, in life. Yeah. Uh good very good girls. We we kind of purposefully waited, but also we waited because I was dragging my feet a little bit and afraid of fostering. But I think there was a little bit of pride in me, like, okay, my kids are turning out pretty good. <laughs> I think I know. I think I've got this parenting thing dialed in. Like I, I think I know what I'm doing. And then we got our very first foster child. And I won't share her name here, but um, she was a beautiful little girl, wasn't she? Yeah. She was gorgeous. Uh, how old was she? 20 months. She was 20 months old, so not yet yeah. two. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And um, she... I, I want to be respectful here, um, but she was raised uh, almost feral. She spent a lot of time in the outdoors. Um, she would just roam the neighborhood at that age. At that age, and and younger would just roam the neighborhood, be locked in a backyard, be taking care of a little bit older kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, the parent situation was incredibly rough. A lot of drugs, you know, involved there. Um, there was strong, strong evidence of abuse. Yeah, she was a fighter. She was a fighter, and that's what I'm where I'm going. When she came into our house, I had no idea a little child could be that months. strong. Yeah. She was so strong, and she she was in survival mode because she had to survive. Mm-hmm. And so she she bit and clawed and spit and screamed and not just like every once in a while, like no, every little interaction. Yes. like it was. It was, it was like nothing I'd seen. So so much so that I was the only one really strong enough to handle her. And yeah. both of my daughters and you would have scratches and bites and marks and bruises all over you. Still have where, scars. Where I could hold her kind of out at arm's length and keep her from getting at my eyes or biting my neck. Or and Again, we're not making fun of this child. She was surviving. She yes. was doing exactly what it took to live. Mm-hmm. 
But she needed to be retrained, like, oh, this is a home you don't have to survive in. Mm-hmm. You can thrive. You can be loved. You can be cared for. Yeah. And and that was a quick, steep learning curve for me to go, oh, the things that might have worked on my children won't work on every child. Mm-hmm. And and I also learned something. This is the main thing I guess I wanted to say was that um, neglect. And they tra- they taught us this. There's training bef- before becoming a foster child. Foster parents, sorry. And uh, they said, and it was hard for me to believe, but they said the worst abuse a child can receive is neglect. That, matter of fact, I'm, I'm sorry, this is a tough topic, so I, I apologize. Maybe we should put a warning at the beginning of this uh, that it's going to be a sensitive you know, topic and it, and it could trigger some hard feelings in you. But they, they, they said and claimed, and it was hard for me to believe, that uh, a physically abused child, a sexually abused child, uh, goes through less harm and needs less recovery than one who has been neglected. And that as a matter of fact, a child who is neglected will will act up and act up and behave until they are hit because they would rather be hit than ignored. Hmm. And yeah, I'm sorry. These are, these are deep, hard things. Yeah. But it just made me realize a new humility came like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I need God. It put me back in that place when we first got married and and first had children of desperation. Oh God, help us! Mm-hmm. How do we do this? And how Absolutely. do we do this well? So when we yeah. talk about you know love and obedience and what that looks like, like when we talk about it in regards to our own forever kids, that was one assignment. Mm-hmm. But in in another realm with a harder child who has been through trauma and abuse. Like it takes another set of parenting skills. It yeah. takes a, a it, it takes some skills that you might have to acquire, and just because you know I can say you know oh you just have to keep this kid in line and make them obey with my little you know darling sweet little girl that's one thing, with this other child that came in like okay, we're just going to have to wrap her in a towel and hold her and keep her safe from harming herself and from harming others, mm-hmm. and the bar just changed, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was a whole new. It was a whole new ball game. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we we started to see changes. She was yeah, she was did. with us a short time, only mm-hmm. six weeks. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was actually just telling the story to someone yesterday oh. about Ava, about this little girl, and um, we had to set up a a pack and play so that when we were being hurt, like when she was mm-hmm. biting us or hurting us, we could um, put her someplace safe. Because mm-hmm. Jason wasn't home all day, and yeah. uh, we could put her someplace safe. But then I would sit beside it. I would mm-hmm. sit by her, and she would yell, "Go away!" And she would spit at you. And yep. and this is twenty months old. Oh, she'd scream in your face, "Go away!" Yeah. Um, but after just a few weeks, you know, we we did see change. We saw more distance between the, mm-hmm. those bites. Yeah. Um, but I remember, like. Because if she, you know, bit, she would go into the pack and play or if she was being super, if she was causing us harm mm-hmm. um, or herself harm. And I would sit beside her. And um, I remember it was just a few weeks and she would be like, mm, she would be like, yeah. mm, she okay, I want kisses now. Yeah. And then that means it's all okay. She'd yes. say, sorry. And then want yeah. kisses. And like just the, I know it seems like a tiny little thing, but. Right. Just beginning to understand that yeah. um, being what being loving is, right. or what being loved looks yeah. like. And one one of yeah. the things we turned around from 
you know, the way we might have um, worked with our children is we would put our kids in a timeout, like, hey, that's not good behavior. You know this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. You're going to sit here for mm-hmm. a little while. You know, depending on their age, you should only do it for, you know, a certain amount of time. When they're little, a smaller amount of time. They're not going to be able to sit in timeout for a long time when yeah. they're little. But have them sit in a timeout, and then they can come back when they're like, okay, you know, what did dad say? What are we, how are we going to re, you know, get into this and not, not go backwards in our behavior. But with, with our foster children, with the ones in abuse, we realize, oh, they need a time in. They don't need time away from me. They need time with me, any time on my lap. And so just holding them Mm -hmm. and being there with them. Now, as it takes a lot more time, it takes a lot more time. It It is, it is the job. It, yeah. it, it's what you're doing. Yeah. Where with a you know another child in timeout, you're like, okay, this is kind of giving me a timeout too. Like I can get <laughs> this done while they sit in trouble. Yeah. But but what they need is connection. What they need is love. Again, yeah. not just to fall in line, but to fall in love. Yeah. 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 It's yeah a different assignment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're like un- unlike other um, podcast guests here. Uh, I'm in love with you. <laughs> oh, nice. You're you're <laughs> <Me too. laughs> uh, you're a very good parent. Thank you. And I would say too, when we first got married, um, I knew like, oh, I've married someone who's going to be a great mom. Because you you worked in that field, didn't you? Yeah. What did that look like? Uh, well, in college, I worked in a daycare actually, mm-hmm. and that's challenging. But um, yeah. Yeah, I loved working with kids. I had, as a teenager at our church, done um, kids' church for many mm-hmm. years. And, uh, yeah, I loved kids. And my one of my biggest desires was to to um, have to be a mom. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, what I wanted. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And um, that I did journey not, was long. I did not go into marriage feeling the same way. I was never I was never someone who was like, I don't want kids. Yeah. Uh, I... I never really understood that sentiment. You weren't really drawn to, to children, though. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I wasn't like volunteering to go work in kid church. Yeah. I mean, I did the, my fair share because I was a church kid, and so mm-hmm. I, I worked in youth camps. Uh, I worked in we VBSs. VBS, yes. You know, yeah, we did VBS together when we were just dating. Before. We did stuff like that. But to me, the older the kid, the better. Like, give me, give me an eighteen-year-old over an eight-year-old. Give me an eight-year-old over a two-year-old. Like, yeah. I, that's what I would looked for. And I didn't come into uh, marriage thinking, I can't wait to be a father. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, yeah, that'll be awesome someday. But you were like, oh, I can't wait to yeah. be a mother. And I want to, this is what I want to do. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I want to care for a child. And, you know, in those years when they need, a, you know, that oh, full-time yeah. care, I, you said, I, I want to be babies. that caregiver. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the one. I don't want someone else, you know, to do this. I don't want to pay someone else. I want to be the one to do it. Not yeah. all moms feel that way, but you did. And yeah. I love that about you. Yeah. Um, but it was... 10 years. 10 years. 10 years before we did. Yeah. Is it all right if you tell it's people okay. why that was? Why, why was it 10 years? Yeah. Well, we... Um, I'd say uh, we were married about two years and got pregnant, and mm-hmm. it was kind of unexpected. We were going to wait a little longer, but mm-hmm. um, and then very quickly um, had a miscarriage. And so that was kind of the beginning. Um, and then, I mean, that was, that was tough. That was really tough. And mm-hmm. um, then after that, it was um, eight more years yeah. of, of, a, of a journey of infertility and waiting and 
and trusting, you know, and believing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a hard walk for any of you walking that walk. It's hard. It's yeah. not. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, no. It was a. It was a constant in our life. Yeah. It wasn't something we yeah. thought about once in a while. But mm-hmm. it also didn't define our life. No, I think the most important part is that we were willing to put our lives down, lay our lives down before mm-hmm. before God and just say, What do you want? This is this is my desire. You know this desire. Yeah. I want to be a mom. That's that's what I want. But also what do you have for us? What do you have for it? You know, where do you want us to be? What do you want us to mm-hmm. do? And and so part of that journey was, you know, we started in Salem and then selling everything and yeah. going into missions, doing a, a, a mission school and then working in that school and then living in China. So when know, I think of the places that you have been willing to live with me, <laughs> I am I feel loved. I feel supported. I feel like I had someone who was like, I'm with you wherever. You know, as long as you follow God, I'm with you. Because we lived in (laughs) half of a trailer in Arkansas. (laughs) The other half was rented out to somebody else. Yeah, we got, we we didn't get the kitchen, but we did get the laundry room. We got the laundry room where we put a hot plate and cooked. Oh my goodness, yeah. We, for a while, we lived in uh, what was a trailer split in two with another building inside of it where there were six other couples. Yes. Families they built a two-story building time. with a yeah, like a trailer split in half. The two-story building yes. was in the middle. It so. looked like you see. If it was you called open the up Ark. A, yeah, if you open up a you know a kid's Bible and you see a drawing of uh, Noah's Ark, that's yeah. what it looked like. Yeah, and we much. always laughed because we went in two by two. It was the couple's you know housing. This was in Youth with a Mission. Yeah, and we we shared a bathroom with I don't know how many people there. Yeah. We we lived or we traveled in in places. <laughs> Yeah, I remember sleeping in a bed that had a leaky roof over it for uh, a in, while. In That's when I got malaria. Yeah, uh, I remember um, the cold of Belarus. Yep, and each of those places um, felt farther away from the promise of God of children. To you know, they just yeah. to me, maybe to you, it felt like this is no place to raise a child. Yeah, this is not how to start a family. But it kept being what God said. And so we kept saying yes. Yeah. And I think that I wouldn't give anything for those years. Yeah. They were they were beautiful, you yeah. know. They were formative. They were mm-hmm. where God had us. And yeah. and I'm thankful for that. I mean, man, if I could say anything, like mm-hmm. as parents, yes, you want the best for your kids. You want them to, you know, you want a good home. You want mm-hmm. um to maybe have them in the best schools, but bottom line, yeah, like go do be where God wants you. Let them see you obeying God. Yeah. Let lordship be normalized in their life. Like, yeah. the, oh yeah, this is how we live. We yeah. live hearing the voice of God and obeying. The yeah. Voice of God. And looking for the beauty in it. Yeah. Not not the complaining. And and I want to be really really deliberate and careful when I say this because I I do not in any way. Um, look down on, denigrate anyone who who tries every route possible to have children. That's that's perfectly yeah. fine, but that's Absolutely. not what God was saying to us. Mm-hmm. He 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 just didn't say that. He never released us to try all the options. 
he just asked for us to wait and to obey. Yeah. We even didn't even feel the release to adopt. No. For quite some yeah. time. So we didn't try medical routes. We didn't do those things. Um, and he just kept loving us and caring for us. Yeah. And, and it it was hard. As a matter of fact, I remember there were times when we wanted to stop asking him for a baby, mm-hmm. asking him for a family, because mm-hmm. it just felt like we keep asking you and we keep getting a negative response. And it feels like it's hurting our relationship with you, God. Can we stop asking? Yeah. And clearly he said no. Yeah. I actually want you to keep asking. Yep. And keep waiting. Yeah. Because he was doing something in us. Mm-hmm. He was preparing us for the kids we have. Yeah. And the timing and... Yeah. And, so yeah. along, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. So along that line of like, what's the craziest way to start a family? We ended up in communist China, um, underground missionaries, uh, having smuggled Bibles in and doing all kinds of stuff. He then called us there to learn the language to and, live to, and, and be to live. Students. Yeah, to stay there and to live there, and um, and God told us one day. I don't really remember that day, except that God told us we just were praying about that we it. We could again. adopt, and oh yeah, I want to go back just really sure, quick. yeah, because I feel like there were places all along the line where I would just get so desperate and mm-hmm. just you know, like Jason said, want to quit asking and want to give up, and and God would meet us in those places, right? Like so many times, Every I time. remember, like God, I've got to have another word from you. I've got to have something. Mm-hmm. And just little things. I remember specifically, um, we, I, I don't know what after what outreach or what being overseas, but someone gave me this book, and I still have it. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I can't think of her name right now, but it was Children of the World. That was the name of this book. I remember it. Yes, and each yeah, page we do still have that. Was mm-hmm. these beautiful children from yeah. all over the world? It, it was, yeah, it was a photography book. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and it was a, yeah, a Christian photography book, and um, she and and I and I God just spoke to me so plainly, and she wrote something on the inside that mm-hmm. like this is your inheritance, yeah. this is what God has for you, and at that point I didn't know if it was just being a missionary and yeah, you know, just caring for the children yeah. of the world. We'd started to think that's what our inheritance, our children would be those people that we worked with, those people that got saved, those kids we ministered to, we thought, well, I guess this is the family God has for us. and that's okay. And that's okay, yeah. Yeah. But just those promises, you know, I still have that book, and I remember there's a page of a baby from China. Yeah. And then living in China is is the point. You know, walking in obedience is the place where God said, all right, I want you to pursue this and pursue adoption. Yeah, we'd been there for a while. We'd been there over a year, just over a year. Yeah, we'd been there over a year, and God told us, you know, it's okay now, pursue adoption, which... Maybe it was just under a year. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We were, we'd been there for a while. We'd settled in. We were learning the language. And uh, and then, though, that with that word came, like, well, we don't know how to do that. Yeah. We're in China. Like, we, if we were in the U.S., we'd know how to do it. Yeah. You, you contact adoption agency, but we're here. Yeah. And out Man. of the blue... Yeah, we told our... Well, we had a little home group of church because you met with other Westerners for church. And um, we told them like, hey, we feel like God said we can pursue adoption. And they're like, we have friends that have adopted from here. And I think they're going to adopt again. Mm -hmm. Let me give you their number. We called those people. I remember like it was like God spoke to us on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. We went to our home group Sunday 
And that afternoon, we called these people and they're like, yeah, we're getting ready to adopt again. Do you want to go in on a home study? I'm like, well, sure. What's a home study? I don't know for sure what that (laughs) is. but And they said, well, how about you come over tonight? So this is one day afterwards. Mm -hmm. How about you come over tonight and we'll help walk you through the process? Yeah. Within 24 hours, we were with the perfect people to sit us down and walk us through what it meant to adopt while living in China. And and it was actually more complicated than doing it from the U.S. Yes. But God was so faithful. And they absolutely walked us through. We did do a home study with them. I remember them opening up up a big three-ring binder (laughs) and just going through page after page. And we were like, Overall, like, well, I don't understand any of this. No. But even to the yeah. very end, when we got our grace, which the timing, everything about that was a miracle, yeah. to the very end, it was their um, interpreter who went mm-hmm. with us yes. to pick her up, who yeah. went. Who, it it was, was an amazing, amazing It was a woman. God thing. Yeah. And I got pregnant in the middle of that, but yes. that's a different day, a different story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just, well, I'll shorten that to say that even our adoption agency said, Hey, just so you know, a lot of times when people go to adopt, they'll also become pregnant. And if you do become pregnant, we have to stop the adoption process and refile everything because the number of kids you have is an important factor here. And and we told them, like, well, you don't got to worry about that because 10 years, like, that's not (laughs) happening. And there was a a very clear medical reason why it wasn't happening Mm -hmm. and that that wasn't you know, going away. So that was just a part of our life that we lived with that we knew. Like yeah. uh, outside of a miracle, this is a medical issue that doesn't, you know, go away just because we're adopting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> God did a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> so and, I got pregnant, but we were so far. The yeah. process then took a long time. I think it's way longer now, but the, the adoption process took yeah. like a year and a half. And mm-hmm. We and were we were well racing the clock that. with that pregnancy because we needed that adoption to take place before the pregnancy. I had happened. to fly at a certain point yes. back to America or yeah. I couldn't fly anymore. Yeah, at, at one point we thought, well, maybe I, dad has to stay and, and adopt this little girl and then bring her home to mom and another, or I would maybe miss a delivery while yeah. receiving it. Yeah. But we, we told them it was a Christian adoption agency, which mm-hmm. also I know was just a God thing. And so we told them when we were pregnant, and they said, well, you're so far. You're so close to getting yeah. your child. We're going to pray about it, and we're going to yeah. see what what we should do. Yeah. And they prayed about it, and they said, we feel like you're supposed to continue. Yeah. Like you're they, supposed they, to move they, on. They, we're going to let you. China is tricky being a missionary there and, and you know what that looks like. And they didn't ask us to lie, but they just asked us not to disclose. They said, just don't bring it up. Uh, just don't. Just, if, unless you they might ask, look a little chubby. Yeah, unless they ask, <laughs> they'll just assume you're a chubby American. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think is really funny. Yeah, because that is the way they think of us anyway. Day, so I wore a big coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we went to pick up Grace, yeah. uh, you were well on your way into showing in pregnancy, and that was that day. I'll never forget that day with Grace. That was a gift from God. It yeah. was. The scariest, hardest, and best thing that had happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. And now yeah. there are, like I say, two beautiful girls. Grace is now um, serving with Youth of the Mission in, uh, in Mexico, yeah, doing, doing her doing training. And uh, Faith is just about to be married in June. So yeah. Yeah. We're blessed. Actually, uh, we'll, we'll, we need, probably need to wrap up here pretty, pretty quick. I don't know how long we've been going. Just one Ethan. more thing. Um, I just also want to say that I was so blessed to have my girls, but Mm -hmm. then the journey of fostering too, like it just, 
did something in our hearts like no other. Yeah. Like it grows you. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Yeah. Um, but that inheritance of those children mm-hmm. grew too. Yeah. And just to still get to see them grow up, so yeah. many of them, and those still have relationship. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful thing that God does. And yeah. it's not always easy and it's a hard road, but no. But it's a beautiful thing, and yep. I'm so, so thankful. Yeah, I say that often, that I, I honestly think that fostering is probably the thing that taught me the most in my life. Yeah. Now, I, I think it's because it accumulated. Yeah. You know, marriage taught me something. Mm-hmm. Discipleship taught me something. The programs yeah, we sure. went through. Uh, the parenting taught me something. But then when we got to this place, honestly, like I said, I went in maybe a little prideful thinking, I think I got this figured out. I could help these kids. <laughs> And I realized, oh, I've got so much more to learn. Yeah. More to learn about children, more to learn about parenting, but honestly, mostly more to learn about the Father heart of God. Mm-hmm. It was so much bigger, so much deeper, so much willing to receive wounds, uh, so much more loving than I ever imagined. And I'm still far, far from the Father's heart in reflecting that to others, but I have learned a lot through parenting. It is a wonderful journey worth yeah. Worth taking, yeah. yeah. Young couples, don't tell me you don't want to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect to cry so much. <laughs> yeah, usually it's me. Good yeah. job. Thanks for taking the pressure off yeah, me. Yeah, I'll take it this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Ethan, we actually do have a question we could answer, but we could also skip it. What do you think in time-wise? If you can get it in like 10 minutes. Yeah, oh, we yeah. can do it in 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, so I actually have one question that is related to um, to parenting, but sort of tangentially, if I can say it that way. Um, so a friend uh, wrote and asked uh, if we'd answer this on the podcast. He says, what's the appropriate response when a person who is a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon knocks on the door, especially when we have little children watching how we respond? Good question. Yeah. Uh, and something I think everyone... Pretty much, if you got a door, it's going to get knocked on at mm-hmm. some point uh, by someone who is uh, trying to share a gospel, yeah. um, their good news. Um, and I, I would say that's the way I'm saying this is the main way I would encourage people to respond, is uh, if it's already identifiable and you know, like, oh, this is Jehovah's Witness or this is um, a mm-hmm. Latter-day Saint, mm-hmm. then, uh, then first of all, Go ahead and educate yourself. Like for that moment, if it hasn't happened yet, start to find out uh, what do these people believe. Because you will find in there that they have a story, but it's not the story. They have a gospel, but it's not the gospel. And that very likely they could be tender towards the gospel, because the good news is good news to everybody. Mm-hmm. And they are lost as well. And 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 need someone that could share that truth with them. And so I often don't take much time with people, but I do take a little time with them, and I try to just get right to the heart of the matter, in the doorway, mm-hmm. and ask them, how do you believe you're saved? Yeah. And just, if can you please tell me? Like, like I don't mind interacting all, with you. If you'll jump right in, tell yeah, me. Yeah, just kindness Yes. and respect, you know, mm-hmm. that's important. Sometimes I don't have time to jump into anything no, when yeah. I have a little one. Yeah, and that's you okay. Know? Yeah. But but treating them with kindness and respect. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, that's really good. Because if yeah. you don't, like, if you're a mom at home and someone's knocking on the door and you got a crying yeah. kid in a high chair, yeah. hey, God bless you guys. I hope the best for you. I hope God yeah. shines his truth on you. Yes. But I got a kid I got to take care of. It's a perfectly fine response. Sure. Um, but if you have a moment, ask that question. What do you believe? How do you believe someone is saved? 
And and you can hear in their response, well, for those two and for many others, there's a legal response. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how you're saved. This is the works that you must do in order to be saved. And the gospel, the good news is that uh, Jesus Christ has given us as a free gift his salvation. It is, is by grace alone, through faith alone. And if they don't have by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, those three elements, I'd say, would be the main ones, then you can say, hey, I know this to be true, and I'm never budging off of this. If you want to talk about that and how that is true, then I'll talk with you. But if you just want to sell me on something other than that, I'm going to have to close the door because you and I fundamentally disagree about how to connect to God. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm going to pass on what you're selling. But if you're interested in the truth that I just said, then, hey, let's take a few minutes and talk about this because you too can have this relationship with God. It's free. It's free. So that, that yeah, would be my short good. answer of how to, uh, yeah. how to respond to someone. You got any other? Nope. Nope. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I'm Let the one Pastor that's Jason answer that busy one. Busy. <laughs> 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 balancing a kid or doing something. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just treat them with respect and kindness and yeah. Don't engage too much. Yeah. I know that's not maybe the best. Hey, that that's okay. As honestly, yeah. as a parent with kids at home, that is what you have to do sometimes. That's and that's okay yeah. as long as like you said, you're respectful yeah. and kind and loving because you you want them to have a good truthful, loving interaction with a Christian. Absolutely. That's, that's the goal. Yeah. You know, beyond that, of course, man, if they got saved, if they came to the truth, that would be yes. icing on the cake. But yeah. that, that would be my first goal, that they have a, a good relationship with, uh, with a person of faith. Yep. All right. Hey, nice. I love you. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah, Thanks for fun. coming. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. it was a little bit later, we could go have lunch together, but yep. not. All right. Well, guys, um, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We love you. Honestly, uh, I hope this is a blessing to you. Matter of fact, this week, if you have friends that you know may have may be living through an infertility struggle, or um, maybe even the, the the loss of a pregnancy, the loss of that child, um, and you think this might be a blessing to them, or even if they're interested in fostering and adopting, um, show show them this. And then introduce them to us. Like, we are not experts on any of those things, but if there's a way we can connect you to fostering, to adopting, and to just the love of God that sees us through those, those hard times of, uh, of, of barrenness Maybe. and loss, yeah. then, then we want to do that as, as best as we can. And uh, you can do that lots of ways, but the, the website and the front office would be the, the best way to get a hold of us. We honestly are here because we want to be a blessing to people. God yeah. has blessed us so that we can be a blessing. All right. Love you guys. See you soon. Bye.